Chapter Thirteen of the Mystery of the Sycamore, by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sarah Wheeler. Fleming Stone was deeply interested in the Appleby case, while his logical brain could see no possible way to look save toward one of the three Wheelers. Yet his soul revolted at the thought that any one of them was the criminal stone was well aware of the fact that the least seemingly guilty often proved to be a deeply dyed villain yet he hesitated to think that dan wheeler had killed his old enemy and he could not believe it was a woman's work he was impressed by maida's story especially by the fact that a recent development had made her more strongly desirous to be rid of old appleby he wondered if it did not have something to do with young Appleby's desire to marry her, and determined to persuade her to confide further in him regarding the secret she mentioned. But first he decided to interview Mrs. Wheeler. This could not be done offhand, so he waited a convenient season and asked for a conference when he felt sure it would be granted sarah wheeler received the detective in her sitting-room and her manner was calm and collected as she asked him to make the interview as brief as possible you are not well mrs wheeler stone asked courteously i am not ill mr stone but naturally these dreadful days have upset me and the horror and suspense are still hanging over me can you not bring matters to a crisis anything would be better than present conditions if some member of your family would tell me the truth stone said frankly it would help a great deal you know mrs wheeler when three people insist on being regarded as the criminal it's difficult to choose among them now won't you at least admit that you didn't shoot mr appleby but i did and the serene eyes looked at stone calmly can you prove it i mean to my satisfaction tell me this where did you get a pistol i used mr wheeler's revolver where did you get it from the drawer in his desk where he always keeps it stone sighed of course both maida and her mother knew where the revolver was kept so this was no test of their velocity as to the crime when did you take it from the drawer sarah wheeler hesitated for an instant and from that stone knew that she had to think before she spoke had she been telling the truth he argued she would have answered at once but immediately she spoke though with a shade of hesitation i took it earlier in the day i had it up in my own room yes where did you conceal it there in in a dresser drawer and when you heard the alarm of fire you ran downstairs in consequence but you paused to get the revolver and take it with you this sounded absurd but sarah wheeler could see no way out of it so she assented feeling sure that you would find your husband and mr appleby in such a desperate quarrel that you would be called upon to shoot i i overheard the quarrel from upstairs she faltered her eyes piteous now with a baffled despair then you went down because of the quarreling voices not because of the fire alarm 
unable to meet stone's inexorable gaze mrs wheeler's eyes fell and she nervously responded well it was both now see here stone said kindly you want to do anything you can don't you to help your husband and daughter yes of course and the wide open eyes now looked at him hopefully then will you trust me far enough to believe that i think you will best help them by telling the truth oh i can't and with a low moan the distracted woman hid her face in her hands please do your attitude proves you are concealing important information i am more than ever sure you are not the guilty one and i am not at all sure that it was either of the other two then who could it have been and sarah wheeler looked amazed that we don't know if i had a hint of any direction to look i'd be glad but if you will shed what light you can it may be of great help even if it seems to incriminate my what can incriminate them more than their own confessions their confessions contradict each other they can't both be guilty and you don't know which one is no came the faltering reply but that admission contradicts your own confession come now mrs wheeler own up to me that you didn't do it and i'll not tell anyone else unless it becomes necessary i will tell you for i can't bear this burden alone any longer i did go downstairs because of the alarm of fire mr stone just before i came to the open door of the den i heard a shot and as i passed the door of the den i saw mr appleby fallen slightly forward in his chair my husband standing at a little distance looking at him and maida in the bay window also staring at them both what did you do go in no i was so bewildered i scarcely knew which way to turn and in my fear and horror i ran into my own sitting-room and fell on the couch there in sheer collapse you stayed there until i heard voices in the den the men came back from the fire and discovered the the tragedy at least i think that's the way it was it's all mixed up in my mind usually i'm very clear-headed and strong-nerved but that scene seemed to take away all my will-power all my vitality i don't wonder what did you do or say i had a vague fear that my husband or daughter would be accused of the crime and so at once i declared it was the work of the phantom bugler you've heard about him yes you didn't think it was he though did you i wanted to yes i think i did you see i don't think the bugler was a phantom but i do think he was a criminal i mean i think it was somebody who meant harm to my husband i well i think maybe the shot was meant for mr wheeler stone looked at her sharply and said please mrs wheeler be honest with me whatever you may pretend to others are you not springing that theory in a further attempt to direct suspicion away from mr wheeler she gave a gesture of helplessness i see i can hide nothing from you mr stone you are right but may there not be a chance that it is a true theory after all possibly if we can find any hint of the bugler's identity 
Mr. Keefe says, find the bugler and you found the murderer. I know he does, but Keefe is, as I am, very anxious to direct suspicion away from the Wheeler family. You see, Mr. Keefe is in love with my daughter. As who isn't? All the young men fall down before her charms. It is so. Although she is engaged to Mr. Allen, both Mr. Keefe and Mr. Sam Appleby are hopeful of yet winning her regard. To me it is not surprising, for I think Maida the very flower of lovely girlhood. But I also think those men should recognize Geoffrey Allen's rights and cease paying Maida such definite attentions. It is hard to repress an ardent admirer, Stone admitted, and as you say, that is probably Keefe's intent in insisting on the finding of the bugler. You do not, then, believe in your old legend? I do and I don't. My mind has a tendency to revere and love the old traditions of my family, but when it comes to real belief, I can't say I'm willing to stand by them. Yet where else can we look for a criminal, other than my own people? Please tell me just what you saw when you looked into the den immediately after you heard the shot. You must realize how important this testimony is. I do, was the solemn reply. I saw as I told you. Both my husband and daughter looking at Mr. Appleby as he sat in his chair. I did not know then that he was dead, but he must have been dead or dying. The doctors said the death was practically instantaneous. And from their attitude or their facial expression, could you assume either your husband or daughter to have been the guilty one? I can only say they both looked stunned and horrified, just as one would expect them to look on the occasion of witnessing a horrible tragedy whether they were responsible for it or not yes but i'm not sure the attitude would have been different in the case of a criminal or a witness i mean the fright and horror i saw on their faces would be the same if they had committed a crime or had seen it done stone considered this you may be right he said i dare say absolute horror would fill the soul in either case and would produce much the same effect in appearance. Now let us suppose for a moment that one or other of the two did do the shooting. Wait a moment. As Mrs. Wheeler swayed uncertainly in her chair, don't faint. I'm supposing this only in the interests of you and yours. Suppose, I say, that either Mr. Wheeler or Miss Wheeler had fired the weapon, as they both confessed to doing which would you assume from their appearance had done it controlling herself by a strong effort sarah wheeler answered steadily i could not say honestly to my startled eyes they seemed equally horrified and stunned of course they would you see mrs wheeler the fact that they both confess it makes it look as if one of them did do it and the other having witnessed the deed takes over the blame to save the guilty one this sounds harsh but we have to face the facts then if we can get more or different facts so much the better 
you're suggesting then that one of my people did do it and the other saw it done i'm suggesting that that might be the truth and so far as we can see now is the most apparent solution but i'm not saying it is the truth nor shall i relax my efforts to find another answer to our problem and i want to tell you that you have helped materially by withdrawing your own confession every step i can take toward the truth is helpful you have lessened the suspects from three to two now if i can eliminate another we will have but one and if i can clear that one we shall have to look elsewhere that is specious argument mr stone and sarah wheeler's fixed her large sad eyes upon his face for if you succeeded in elimination of one of the two it may be you cannot eliminate the third and then and then your loving perjuries will be useless true but i must do my duty and that means my duty to you all i may tell you that mr appleby who employed me asked me to find a criminal outside of your family whether the real one or not he put it that way he did and while i do want to find the outside criminal i can't find him if he doesn't exist of course not i dare say i shall regret what i've told you but but you couldn't help it i know don't worry mrs wheeler if you've no great faith in me try to have a hopeful trust and i assure you i will not betray it well mr mcguire stone said to his adoring satellite a little later there's one out mother wheeler yes you young scamp how did you know saw you hobnobbing with her she being took with a sudden attack of the confidentials and anyhow two of them at least has got to cave in you can fear it out which of them is george washington's and which isn't well here's the way it seems to stand now mind i only say seems to stand yes sir the father and daughter both of whom confessed to the shooting were seen in the room immediately after the event now they were on opposite sides of the room the victim being about midway between them consequently if one shot the other was witness thereto and owing to the deep devotion obtaining between them either father or daughter would confess to the crime to save the other then fibsy summed up mr wheeler and maida don't suspect each other one did it and both know which one well put now which is which more likely the girl did the shooting she's awful impulsive awful high-strung and awful fond of her father say the old appleby gentleman was berating or orating or irritating against friend wheeler and say he went a little too far for miss maida to stand and say she had that new secret or whatever it is that's eaten her well it wouldn't surprise me overly if she up and shot the varmint having held the pistol in readiness not necessarily she could have sprung across the room lifted the weapon from its customed place in the drawer and fired all in a fleeting instant a time and she's the girl to do it that maida now she could do anything 
and she loves the old man enough to do anything touch and go that's what she is especially go well all right yet maybe it was the other way maybe wheeler at the end of his patience and knowing the secret whatever it may be flung away discretion and grabbed up his own pistol and fired could have been f stone could have been easily but i lean to the maida theory maida for mine first last and all the time for an admirer of hers and you're not by yourself in that you seem cheerfully willing to subscribe to her guilt well i ain't but i do want to get the truth as to the three wheelers and once i get it fastened on the lovely maida i'll set to work to get it off again but i'll know where i'm at and suppose we fasten it on the lovely daniel that's a serious proposition f stone for if he did it he did it and if maida did it she didn't do it see not very clearly but never mind you needn't expound it doesn't interest me fibsy looked comically chagrined as he often did when stone scorned his ideas but he said nothing except orders sir yes terence hunt up rachel the maid and find out all she knows use your phenomenal powers of enchantment and make her come across tis the same as done sir declared the boy and he departed at once in search of rachel he sauntered out of the north door and took a roundabout way to the kitchen quarters finally he found the cook and putting on his best and most endearing little boy effects he appealed for something to eat not but what i'm well treated at the table he said but you know what boys are i do that and the good-natured woman furnished him with liberal pieces of pie and cake great said fibsy eating the last crumb as he guyfully complimented her culinary skill and now i've got to find a person named a rachel where might she be she might be most anywhere but she isn't anywhere was the cryptic reply why for well she's plain disappeared if you know what that means vamoosed skipped faded slid oozed out yes all those anyway she isn't on the place since when why i saw her last about two hours ago then when mrs wheeler wanted her she wasn't to be found and hasn't since been seen just so and as you are part and parcel of that detective layout that's infesting the house and grounds i wish you'd find the hussy why why what language why call her names she's a caution get along now and if you can't find her at least you can quit bothering me all right but tell me this before we part did she confide to your willin ears anything about the murder uncanny you are lad how'd you guess it i'm a limb of satan what did she tell you and when only this morning early before she flew off couldn't very well have told you after she started no impotence now well she told me that the night of the murder as she ran from here to the garage she saw on the south veranda a man with a bugle pipe a pipe dream i don't know 
but she told it like gospel truth just what did she say said she saw a man a live man no phantom foolishness on the south veranda and he carried a bugle did he play on it no just carried it like but she says he must have been the murderer and by the same token it's the man i saw oh ho you saw him too as i told your master i saw him but not plain as i ran along to the fire rachel now she saw him plain so he must have been there well belike he was the murderer and that sets my people free important if true but are you both sure and why oh why does the valuable rachel choose this time to vanish won't she come back who knows she didn't take any luggage how did she go nobody knows she walked of course then she couldn't have gone far oh well she could walk to the railway station it's only a fairish tramp but why did she go i ask you why and i don't know but i suppose it was because she didn't want to be questioned about the man who shot what you didn't say she saw him shoot yes i did or i meant to anyway that's what rachel said the man with the bugle shot through the window and that's what killed mr appleby oh come now this is too big a yarn to be true especially when the yarner lights out at once after telling it well rachel has her faults but i never knew her to lie and if it was the man i saw why that proves at least there was a man there but you didn't see him clearly but i saw him then he must be reckoned with now cookie dear we must find rachel we must do you hear you help me and i bet we'll get her but i've no idea where she went of course you haven't but think has she any friends or relatives nearby not one are there any trains about the time she left i don't know what time she left but there's been no train since nine thirty and i doubt she was in time for that she took no luggage no i'll vouch for that then she's likely in the neighborhood is there any inn or place she could get a room and board oh land she hasn't gone away to stay she's scared at something most likely and she'll be back by nightfall she may and she may not she must be found wait has she a lover well they do say fulton the chauffeur is sweet on her but i never noticed it much who said he was mostly she said it herself she ought to know me for fulton good-bye cookie for the nonce and waving a smiling farewell fibsy went off toward the garage End of chapter 13